I'm Zach Weiss, and you're listening to Across the Cavs on the Basketball Podcast Network. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. I'm not going to start doing that thing that the Atlanta Hawks social media team usually does, where every time they win a game, they add a W to their username we're not going to do c-a-v-a-l-l-l-l-l-i-e-r-s we are not doing that because that's not what we do we're not the hawks we're not celebrating l's we're not mocking the l's but yes five games in a row it started on the west coast the losing continued back east a 113 98 defeat against the milwaukee bucks tonight no jared allen no dean wade rubio's not back yet Dylan Windler is out another four to six weeks. I think he was only healthy for one game so far this season. Kind of crazy he's in his fourth year. He missed his entire first season, got injured in his debut. And then last year did get the chain once, have not seen him again at all this season. So some deja vu to his original campaign in the 1920 season. But two guests tonight, we'll introduce the second one in a moment. The first is Quinn Minich. Quinn, first appearance on the show. Why don't you tell us? A little bit about yourself and i'd also like to say welcome it's a pleasure to bring you on tonight oh thanks for having me man i'm just excited to be here you know big Cavs fan all that jazz even though it's been a struggle to kind of watch but other than that i'm excited to be here yeah and joining quinn and i we have as always dan galinsky a mr king james gospel any thoughts on the name change from kjg or is that here to stay dg uh, if it were up to me, it, it definitely would have changed a while ago. Um, but I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. All right. Well, it is great to have both you guys on. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're doing this after a fifth straight loss last week was not a week for sleep. It was a week to stay up and watch the Cavs try and try and try and just fall short. Whether it was the illegal clay screen that went uncalled against the Warriors, the deciding shot or Kevin Herter sinking the Cavs in the late moments, or it was the Kevin Love pass after Darius Garland had the best fourth quarter in Cleveland Cavaliers history, scoring 27 points, or if it was the Clippers, or whatever. You know, here we are, five straight. Quinn, I'll start with you. You know, 15-point loss tonight. Cavs didn't... Well, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, there were just a lot of... When I was watching... Okay, first off, you, you don't have to jump on Serge Ibaka jumpers, if he pump fakes, like I I saw a couple times Serge Ibaka did a pump fake and Kevin Love was in the air. It's like Serge Ibaka is not a threat from outside. If you just put your hand up, you should be okay. And then it caused like he could drive into the lane and get an easy layup or dunk. And also like just the tenacity on screens weren't as good as the other games like in the beginning of the season. Just not enough effort like trying to get on your man and stuff like that it's just i mean it's obviously easier said than done but like i don't know jb bickerstaff has to rally his guys back up yeah and a great example of that was when the Cavs had cut it to 10 javon carter took a pass used the lopez screen knocked down the shot with his foot on the line had they gotten that stop i think it could have gone a long way toward momentum in that mid part of the fourth quarter, you know, it was also called out by uh, John Michael and AC watching the broadcast in the fourth. 
But yeah, and Dan, you know, heading over to you, you know, this is a game where felt very much like Minnesota, seven minutes left, the Cavs cut it to nine, they had been down by 20. I, I think, Dan, the issue today, and Quinn, you made a good point about screens, but I think it was that Brooke Lopez decided to turn up the game sliders and just go <laughs> video game on them, to quote the late great uh, Fred McLeod. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Uh, I just think part of it was they had to, or they were trying to limit Giannis's kind of um, pain attempts a little bit. I, I thought even with uh, there's there's going to have to be help. It's going to be collective, but I think that game obviously Lopez just went nuclear, and there were a couple threes that were way way out there. That when you see those. I mean, it's it was just they were hard pressed to to come back in that one, and it seemed like everyone, every like third one, which we're talking, or I guess every other one was just more deflating than the the one previous. And I, I guess the the issue is, uh, I thought, yeah, Lamar did a pretty solid job, um, all things considered. I don't know what else you'd really expect from him, and. I guess, yeah, this is the kind of matchup where you, you in particular, miss uh, Dean Wade um, just because at least that'd be, they'd be in the vicinity or, or the area code to be in those, um, on those Lopez triples a little bit closer at least, uh, just because you got to make him hesitate a little bit. And I, I don't disagree, but the defensive rebounding was, was a, that kind of kept them in the game, frankly, in the, first half and I thought that was kind of the turning point of the game like mid second quarter. Yeah, Bucks grabbed 13 offensive rebounds. Marjon Bochamp, the athletic guard, who held to two points coming off a, a career high of 20, did grab four of them. He was a big part of that along with Giannis grabbing a few. Quinn, this was a game where Kevin Love was covered very effectively by the Bucks. They clearly watched the tape. He had only three shots, all from three, made one. He had that pump fake where he jumped into, it might have been Ibaka, I don't recall, made the two free throws. How important do you think, for the Bucks side of things, Kevin Love only having three shots kind of hurt us offensively? Because usually well, he can kind of hit those, those rhythm shots that keep the Cavs in the game when it gets out of hand. I think it's not a bad thing, but it's also not a good thing. There were some plays where, like, Love was the passer, and I saw Darius Garland hit three on the wing. It's not a bad thing. You got you got plenty of more shooters. So you got Darius Garland, you got Donovan Mitchell, you got – I guess it stops there. Um, <laughs> you got them. They'll be able to hit their shots. Like, Darius Garland was hitting some deep threes, like pulling up from – way out there Don Mitchell got some good screens got the mid-range game going it it's not bad that Don I mean Kevin Love isn't hitting his threes because he was you know getting guarded pretty well but you would like to get some more off-ball screen set for other players such as um ooh, who's actually a good shooter on the team besides Kevin Love that's that's Donald the problem Mitchell. Jetty's very, very inconsistent. I don't know if I can throw him in that discussion, at least with how he's played this season. He hasn't had any of those games yet, like we're used to. So they try to hit Dylan on the sideline in a boot, or yeah, why not? Let's just start playing horse during the game. Because if you're dry, if if you have no one else to shoot, or Diakite did knock a three down today. Ex Buck, NBA champion, Mama D Diakite. 
summer league and pre preseason favorite. Yeah, and I don't want him playing regular minutes. But okay, here here's a better question, Quinn, and then Dan. Should Karis LeVert already be coming off the bench, or is it just because Dean is out? We can't do that because he has just been so hit or miss. And the last three games, he's now averaging just eight. And in this stretch, he is three for 10 on threes. Overall from the field, 11 of 32, only two free throw attempts. I think since the Boston game, he's just been very, very average, if not well below. Well, I would... I used to hate Dean Wade. I'm not going to lie. When he was probably two seasons ago, he just took a lot of threes that I didn't like. And now I'm a fan. I will say that much. I think he should start over Karis LeVert because Karis has been the most inconsistent basketball player in the league right now, in my opinion, because one game he dropped, I think it was 41 against yep. Boston. And then the next game he dropped one against, I can't remember who it was. It was the next. Like, we still got the win. But, yeah. like, it was disappointing because you only get one point after your 41 piece. What disappoints me is he takes a lot of bad shots. He takes a lot of contested mid-ranges, takes a lot of really contested paint shots. He's He reminds me of Colin Sexton in a way where he just doesn't pass the ball if he already has his eyes on the rim. It's just I, – I would like to see him come off the bench because then you got – a bench of Karis Levert, Kevin Love, Ricky Rubio when he's back. Originally, when to start the season, I wanted Isaac Okoro to start over uh, Karis Levert, and obviously that take has not landed me very well. But mm-hmm. besides that, I think Dean Wade should be the starter. Dan? Yeah, I I was going to say ditto to a lot of that. Um, I, I will say is is just one counterpoint. I think Karis is passing has been a positive and and this game it didn't show but in recent games he's been actually getting to the cup more um kind of getting more early offense opportunities which is kind of uh a key part of his game but i just think with those two guys and him it's it's hard to he's not a guy that you can just stick out there in the wing and set like flares for like he like he needs the ball in his hands um, getting downhill a little bit, but I, th- I think his spray out passes have been really good. Um, and I actually had, and there were a couple like really nice give and go plays with him at Mobley tonight. Um, he's starting to get some of that chemistry there. Um, but I just think, I, I guess I thought him, I thought he'd play off of, or him and Jaron Allen would, would feed off each other a little bit more. Um, even before Allen was, was injured, that really hasn't been the case much. And I, I can't really say I'd be against Dean starting, but um, I guess in a way I, I kind of would actually almost rather Lamar start at the three. I'm good with that. Um, in, in a way, just because it allows Dean to, to really be that spark plug shooter guy. Um, but I guess it, it's hard to say right now in, in between the two, just because if that's the case, then you have Karras in there as well. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I'll say ditto to, to Dean at the three as Quinn touched on. And folks, still a lot more to come. We are pause for a quick word from DraftKings. NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. 
Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same game parlay, and combine multiple bets, like which team will win, total rebounds, points scored, and more. Personally, I'm all about Cavs. Give me Cavs points. Give me Don rebounds. Give me everything Cavs. And with bigger payouts than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, welcome back, folks. Zach Weiss here. Latest edition of Across the Cavs with Dan Galinsky and Quinn Minich. Hashing last, rather rehashing tonight's defeat against the Bucks. And for me, guys, you know, there, there's a couple things, and then I'll, I'll give my take on the small forward position. Donovan Mitchell only made two shots after the first quarter. I haven't, I mean, he's had one or two struggle games, but he had scored 28 plus in four straight. He had 23 points on 19 shots, but I felt like after the first, like he started the game effortless, getting buckets, getting buckets. And it was interesting because on the broadcast, I was kind of going back and forth between the Bucks and the Cavs because I was switching my league pass stream every now and then. But I don't I think it was on the Bucks side. They mentioned Mitchell not exerting himself too much early in the game. They said this when he'd already had 15 points. He scored eight the rest of the way. And he was guarded well, but he missed some shots he definitely should have made. DG did his job from three, going five for nine, but he could not get to the basket. Three for eleven inside the arc. Absolutely fine with Lamar Stevens. He only went three for 10. Three of those were two dunks where he got fouled on both. They missed them. The other one was a layup that just got completely erased, but he had four blocked shots. I mean, he's bringing more energy than anybody on this team right now. I think they guarded Kevin Love very effectively. And Quinn, he called it a minor point. I think it's a major point. I think about Kevin Love and his ability to change games with three. They just didn't give him any space. He made one in the second half. Jetty had two shot attempts, minus four. They were both layups, didn't even try. Okoro got 25 minutes on the court. Should not be happening. I know we're shorthanded, but he, if he's unable to create any kind of offensive flow, he cannot be in for that long unless the other four guys are scoring. And here's the issue. If he's not going to score, that doesn't matter. Okoro could play 38 minutes and shoot zero times. He could be Tony Snell. He could be Joel Anthony. He could be Isaac Okoro, his own man. But if he's not getting touches, the ball's not moving. And now that's just not the Cavs style. We're not the Spurs. You know, we're not a Toronto. We're not going to just spread the ball side to side. It doesn't have to work like that. But if he's on the court, he's not getting his touches. It's not going to work. We've all played basketball at some point, whether we're good or bad, the best player on the court or the worst player on the court. And if we're not touching the ball on offense, it's going to really mess up our rhythm over the course of an entire game. So I feel like that's at least part of what's going on. No disrespect to Robin Lopez, but 0 for 2, 1 rebound, while his brother, 29 points, 5 rebounds, 3 blocks. The Lopez brothers combined for 29 points and 6 rebounds, and Robin only adds 1 rebound to that tally. So it's obvious who the better twin is. I mean, no disrespect. I, I do like Robin. I'm waiting to see him fight our mascots, but Finishing up there, I'm actually with you, Dan. I'd love to see Lamar start at the three. I think he can score enough. I like his mid-range game. He actually shoots with confidence. He can get to the basket. 
what I like, Dan, and you can uh, follow up on this. The three Lamar did have three offensive rebounds. So like he could have had more. His ability to to jump and tap the ball out, I think, is something you don't see too much of anymore in this league. And I just really liked his energy on that today. And that that alone merits being a starter, even if he only plays fifteen or twenty minutes when everybody's healthy. Yeah, I was just gonna say that's a very underappreciated part of his game. Um, I mean, at Penn State, he was he was a lot of the time at the four. Um, actually played a little bit of, is, at the five as well. Um, really just has innate rebounding uh, ability. You can't really, like, I mean, you can teach it to some extent, but I think that actually is an area that, regardless of Allen not playing, that's an area that Evan really needs to get better at. It's not just strength and, and physicality. Um, that's, like, Lamar's positioning on that end of the floor, or actually on, on both ends of the floor as a rebounder, um, is really good. Uh, and I guess this is unrelated, but how many offensive fouls could Bobby Portis have had tonight? <laughs> I mean, is, is it, are you allowed to just like throw people under the basket when they have position? I th- he must've done that four times and it was called once. I mean, at minimum four times. And he got, he actually got two calls. I, I mean, yeah. I, I think the Cavs, the Cavs should have been doing that in this game. Like, Ron Lopez should have been doing that. Like, why the hell not if they're not going to call it? And Mm -hmm. to your point, though, yeah, Lamar just – whenever he's in the game, to a large extent, he's almost omnipresent. Just He's he's active as hell. And I'll live with some fouls from him. Like, his fouls are aggressive fouls that that are sensible a lot of – he had one bad foul tonight uh, on an offensive rebound attempt, but – it, when you're guarding Giannis, you got to make him feel you. And that's at the other end, you got to make him work too. And I, I'm with you on that. And field goals and free throws combined, we held Giannis to 10 for 29. He did dish out eight assists, but still. And, and now, Quinn, you know, we look back at this game, big picture. What one thing needed to happen for the Cavs with who was available, whether it's replacing someone on the injured list or one other guy playing better? What one thing in your eyes had to happen for us to get this win that obviously didn't and resulted in a double digit loss? I'm not sure. I wouldn't like to see Okoro get less minutes as much as I'm a fan of him. I don't think he needs to get as many minutes as he does because, I mean, looking at their wing position, they don't really have a lot of good players that play right now because, I mean, there's Marjan Bochamp. There's, well, Giannis is 6'11", so Okoro's not going to guard him. But, like, at the three and the two, there's not a lot of really good, amazing players for the Bucks. I don't think he needs to be playing that many minutes because, you know, he's a defensive ace. That's why he's playing. That's why he's getting minutes. But like I said, I don't think there's a lot of players on the Bucks that need to be guarded really closely, like with a player like Okoro. So maybe getting more minutes to say, was Raw Neto available today? Yeah, Neto played the last five minutes. Okay, yeah, I didn't watch Oh! Neto, but... Yeah, how old Neto, yeah. Utah Jazz legend Don's old buddy. Uh, yeah, I'm with I'm with you on that, Quinn. I, I I would like to actually see Neto get some minutes just to give DG a little bit of a break too. I'd be fine with that too. But you know what? You know what the issue to me today? Not only Brooke Lopez hitting 29, but Michael Jordan Awara with 21 points and five threes in 29 minutes. I didn't expect him to do anything today. Every time you get these crazy bounces and every time the Cavs would try and get close, Jordan Nawara would just be like, hey, 
Jordan's actually my middle name and Michael is actually my first name. I, I mean, I was very impressed by him. And I thought, guys, uh, tell me if I'm wrong. Dan, start with you. After Nuora's alley-oop dunk, I'm shocked we didn't call a timeout because the momentum was changing. The crowd was going nuts. We were down about 15 at that point. Not calling a timeout there, I think, kind of prevented the Cavs from doing anything with cohesion in the third quarter. Yeah, I don't remember if that was – that made it 15 or that might have actually made it 20, I honestly might have made it recall. 20. I think you're right. But I think at that point, J.D. was probably thinking – I mean, he won't say it publicly, but I think he was probably thinking, well – I'll see if we can make like a mini run here so that I can conserve my timeouts. Cause he probably figured I'm going to have to take probably three others from here anyway. Um, before like potentially emptying the bench, which eventually he did, I think with like five minutes left, but um, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I think at certain points when I don't know, I mean, they didn't have holiday or Middleton in, I know we didn't have Allen, but I think he probably just figured, well, all right, we, we need like, I don't know, two or three uh, scores and stops there. I, I, I'm I with you. Usually I, I like to call timeouts sooner rather than later, but uh, in that one, I don't really think it was actually that impactful. I just think they, whenever it seemed like the Cavs were kind of inching their way back, um, which is, has been the case in the last, in over the streak. And then they'll give up. Uh, it just seems like the opponent just uh, eventually they run out of gas on those, on those spurts. And I mean, they did cut it to seven, but did anybody in their right mind think that they, this game would be decided within like 10 or 12? I, it, even then, I didn't think that'd be the case. They just were due to run out of gas eventually. That's fair. And just real quick, this was the stretch of the third. So Lamar Stevens makes two free throws. Cavs get within 10, 443 left. Portis makes a jumper. Kevin Love takes a not a great look from three, a little far, a little contested. Brooke Lopez hits a deep three on the other end. So it's 86 71. That's when the Cavs take a timeout. They come down, they bring in a Coro and Mobley. Lopez blocks Mitchell. Javon Carter rebound, Bucks miss. Carter kick ball. Mitchell takes deep three, not even close. George Hill makes a three. They come back the other way. Javon Carter blocks Mitchell. So that's what three straight Mitchell misses and a second straight time getting blocked. Then Nora throws down the alley-oop dunk. Next sequence, we're lucky because Donovan had turned it over after we're already down 20. The Bucs had missed. Uh, just off that alley-oop dunk. Quinn, do you think, and again, this, Dan, good correction, it made it 20. Would anything have changed if the Cavs had used the timeout there? Or was the game kind of already slipping away at that point? I believe it was already slipping away. You could already see, like, Hence, like, yeah, this game's not going to be as close as people thought. And I saw a post on Twitter, like, I don't think the Cavs are going to be able to run with the, the East powerhouses of, like, Philadelphia, Boston, Milwaukee, maybe Brooklyn, if you really believe that. Like, I can see that because they don't have the experience, besides Donovan Mitchell, because the only players that are, like, good that actually have been in the playoffs for the Cavs have been Kevin Love, Jared Allen, because he played for Brooklyn, and Donovan Mitchell. So I don't think they have the experience. I don't think – this might be a hard take, but I don't think J.B. Bickerstaff is the guy to lead them as far as they need to go. And, yeah, I just think it – like today kind of showed me that I wasn't – that we aren't as ready – to 
go all in as many people and some people think we are. That's just, that's just me. Listen, I respect that very much. And so you take all this, you look at today's game, the Cavs dropped to eight and six. And we've got Charlotte coming up next on Friday, a game that I'm certainly looking forward to. They're coming off a loss to a Pacers team that has been very impressive with a really solid rotation. The number of guys have been in, out. Benedict Mathurin, Rookie of the Year candidate, probably won't win the award, but is averaging over 20 a game. We just have a lot of depth. We're not going to see them this week. We're going to see Charlotte, who they just beat. Charlotte had negative plus minus from every starter. Lamella Ball, the only one that was not in a double digit negatives. Dan, we'll start with you. I'm hoping Jared Allen plays. We're going to predict this one under the assumption that he does. So playing the Charlotte Hornets, who somehow are going 4-12. and 12, Yikes. And Lamella Ball actually re-injured his ankle, it looks like. I didn't catch the entire game, so that's a big yikes. So if Lamella Ball sits and Jared Allen plays, do the Cavs end the streak against the Hornets back in Cleveland? I would certainly hope so. I, I think whether he plays or not is in ball, I, I think they'll win. Um, I, I think it – again, he won't say it publicly, but this is the kind of game – today where it's you kind of in the film room kind of tell the guys kind of picking back off what Quinn said like this is a game where it showed like they they need to get to another notch uh, at times but I, I think they'll this will light your fire on the under them a little bit um, I, I think they'll get this next one and against Miami uh, Miami's been a little bit precarious as to how they've been doing thus far as well. Um, but I just think Lamelo is going to take a little bit of time to, to get himself back. And uh, yeah, I, I just think the bench will kind of be reignited at, at home on, on Friday, I would hope. All right, Quinn, we got Charlotte on Friday, Miami on Sunday. The Cavs come into the weekend at eight and six. We're going to be smiling ahead of Thanksgiving week and all the pumpkin pie coming out. Hopefully victory pie, not sorrow mopey pie. Well, you're making me hungry right now. But anyway, um, I think that we should get two wins because Miami hasn't been as well or as good as they have been previous years. But I think they'll pick it up, but just not yet. And Charlotte, if we lose, man, I, I'm just going to go on retirement at this point because that's a six-game losing streak. I can't remember when the last time six-game losing streak was. Uh, maybe like when we had like you remember Jerome Blossom game? A Jerome Blossom game. I That's knew a across the Cavs I, alum. Jerome I knew Blossom he was gonna game. say Jerome Blossom game. Yes, sir. Why. Dude, I, I forgot Jerome about that guy. Like I can't guy. remember where I don't know where he is now, but like that guy was like Lamar Stevens before Lamar Stevens. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's playing yes. for AS Monaco in the LNB Pro A in the Euro League. And he's only twenty nine. We could still use him. I would take him over a Coro any day of the week right now. I would too. And number four is number four. Oh, Evan Mobley has it. I'll wear a new number. He's a good player, honestly. I, I, I like Jerron. You know, it was really cool having him on talking about his time with Cleveland. And yeah, I mean, it would be a lot of fun if he'd come back. It's cool that he's still playing. He had two points in his last game on November 11th, shooting one those, for three. Those were some dark days, though, I must say. Yeah, they no, were I agree. dark. But they were dark. 
We would not have had the Alec Burks game-winning dunk against Brooklyn, which I so luckily got to watch in person if we didn't have those those types of days. You know, Jalen Jones, can't forget about him. I guess not. You remember Marquise Chris posterized uh, Jared Allen? Yeah, that yeah. that's if you I, type in yes, Marquise that Chris, game. If you type in Marquise Chris on Twitter and you go to videos, that's the only video you can find if you include the, <laughs> if you include the include the word calves in it. That's the only that was the same game he had 29 that, points, right? In triple that overtime. That game went in like triple overtime. Yeah, I, I knew exactly yeah. where I was that day. I, I remember those, that day. Uh, Sean Kilpatrick went off that those day. those jerseys were something else, dude. I like them. Dude, those were so bad. I despise those. <laughs> I have the Kevin Love t-shirt. Oh, those were terrible. Those are they beautiful. were so bad. They're they were great. so they were so bad. They're called <laughs> earned for a reason. Oh, those were actually the city editions. The earned ones. At least tell me the earned, the icy ones were at least fire. Can we agree on no, that? No, those were solid. I'll give you the that. icy were good. They were pretty good. Yeah. But you do realize that all that does is replace the white, the orange with white. That's all the, that's the only difference. It, it was I liked it though. It was it was like crispy. I liked Cri- it. Crispy. So, yeah, so it, it was makes crispy. You think- it's making you think of donuts? Yeah, maybe. I'm just saying that the, the orange and blue did not really mesh well together. Well, I mean, the Cavs did go 19, what, 19 and 63 that season, right? Yeah, yeah they, were, was they, were, they were the second who, worst. They well, were poop. You know why they were bad, right? Because we had Kyle Sexton at point guard? No, there's nothing wrong with that either. But not, <laughs> not, not if you want to make the playoffs. He's better as a, as a, as a two. But, no, what I didn't like, Darius Garland didn't get to wear the jersey. If we had Darius that year, we would have won 39 games. Easy. He would look good in that jersey. Just picture a 10 Garland. Make You can customize it, I'm sure, somewhere on AliExpress.com. Not with the consent of the <laughs> NBA, but we need a DG in those. But, but anyway. You guys remember Tristan Thompson was like, yeah, the East has to go through us. And he's like, yeah, sure, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I predicted I predicted the post LeBron Cavs to be the eight seed, and I and I had three paragraphs backing it up. So I admit that I am a Tristan Thompson in this case, and I will ne- that that article will never surface again. I can promise you that. But unfortunately, I did write it, and I am admitting to writing it on my own podcast. Oh, I'm I had I had my convictions back in the day that weren't. I don't remember exactly what I said, but they they were. I th- think I said that they were going to legitimately compete okay. as well. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Corver, Jr. They had good veterans. George Hill was decent. Tristan was good. Kevin Love could still score twenty if he if Kevin Love if was he healthy. Played. If he had played, yeah, he been yeah, that was the whole thing. He would have been Jameson two point and in this case, a better version at that time in his career. But we never saw that Who until. Knows? He came back at the end of the season, and we didn't go. We went five and five after Kevin Love came back, and we were like nine and fifty or something. So yeah, well, he can play. But anyway, Quinn and Dan, closing thoughts before we wrap up today's episode. No, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, been a pleasure, Dan. Any any last words, quotes, lines, any new Twitter names we can look out for from you? I like the not a marine biologist option you got going right now because I can confirm. Looking at looking at your bio, that you are not a marine biologist. Well, it's I'm just a big cyclone guy. But closing um, thoughts. Um, I don't know who that. I, well, I know who the guy is the. Um, but 
that dude, as soon as I saw the dude on Milwaukee that who has the name, I, I honestly can't remember how to pronounce it. AJ eight. Green? <laughs> AJ like, Green. I like AJ Green. I like AJ but, Green too. But the Machishvili, whatever, I can't oh, remember. Oh, Sandro Mamu Kelishvili. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Seton I think Hall, he, maybe. what was, yeah, the Seton Hall guy. Number 54. Yeah. He, I mean, he's an okay player, but when he kept getting, like, 58 free throws in that second quarter, I was like, all right, like, we're, we're not winning this game. I, that I, was it. Well, you know, my favorite Mamu stat, and I agree, and this will be the closing thought, and I'll officially say goodnight. Mamu really did play in his first game of eligibility because with the Bucks in the season opener last year, everybody was out pretty much. And it was a field day between Ian Eagle and Stan Van Gundy making fun of each other, trying to pronounce his name over and over and over. And that's how he that's how the non-college fans got to know him. So, oh man. Yeah, don't send him to the line or you will not win. Shout out to Sandro Mamu Kelishvili. Don't even need any practice with that. You asked me to spell it. I could. I'm going to do it on another episode because we only have 30 seconds. But for Dan Galinsky and Quinn Minich, I am Zach Weiss, and this has been the latest edition of Across the Cast. If you like what you heard, head to Apple, head to Spotify, drop a review, give it a listen, share it with everybody. We got two Cavs games this weekend, a four-game homestand. We got to see the Hawks again for the first time since the brutal end to last season. Looking forward to Trey Young shooting three for 19, but somehow ending up with 35 points. We will see you next time.